Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hey, everybody, stop what you're doing and focus your attention for the next few minutes on uh, this time we're going to spend together with Converge Coaching, leading from alignment with our good friend, John Poluski. How are you today, John? Uh, Jim, I'm doing good. It's always good to spend time with you, even though we're uh, separated uh, by distance today. It's just great to have spent 15, 20 minutes with you just catching up. Yeah, I think people can hear from the sound quality that we're not in the studio, but I tell you, this this Zoom stuff has really opened up new doors to to bring guests onto the show or to stay connected so we don't have a lapse of two or three weeks. I know people look forward to these podcasts, so we're grateful for that. Today, we're going to be talking about, uh, in, in episode 59, how to deal with organizational loss. And I, could you just uh, paint us a picture with your word? What do you mean by organizational loss? Uh, Jim, over the last, I don't know, three or four months, I've had, I, I would say, maybe a dozen, dozen and a half pastors within, a, within that time frame say something like this to me. Uh, John, we're grieving the loss of what we had pre-COVID. I've heard this next one a lot. We had so much momentum in the first quarter of 2020. And then, and then their voice just kind of trails off. Um, Another one is people have disappeared and we don't know where they are. Um, and, And a subset of that one, Jim, has been some of our dearest friends who've been with us in this uh, church since the beginning have said they're going elsewhere. And I, and I just could feel the pain yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the voice of my friends. And uh, I thought, wow, there is a significant, uh, there has to be a significant sense of loss, but I don't even know if, I don't even know if leaders, Jim, are actually even identifying it as that. I, I don't know. What have, what have you been hearing? Uh, yeah. Hear same, from? same thing. I think, I think for those that were struggling before this, they've almost taken it as uh, well, it's time for me to go. Yeah. And, and that may or may not be true. I think for those that are really prospering before this, they go, man, I've been robbed. Uh, we were, yeah. we were doing great. We finally, after all these years, we finally had the right team. We had the right momentum. And I, I don't think there's many people in between those two things. I, I haven't heard many people say, yeah, it's fine. We were just kind of normal. It's been, it's been tragic and, emotional and disappointing and heartbreaking. I, I think for people that are not pastors, they don't, they don't realize how much of a person's heart actually goes into serving a congregation. That's right. And, and we wrote that book, um, putting the good in goodbye. Yeah. Because there is such a, it's so hard. Like you're saying, they've been with me forever and now they're no longer attending and they didn't even tell me I had to say, how are you? And well, we've been attending another church because our services are closed down, but theirs are still open or right. we disagree with the way you handle the social issue or, mm-hmm. and people, people will just never know, will they? They'll never know what that does to the heart of a pastor. And I think that's why we wrote that book is because somebody had to say something. Right. And, and then one of the things that we did uh, talk about, I think at length, Jim, in the book is the seasonal nature of people. Uh, yeah. that, that enter into whatever we're leading and, uh, and then uh, they're there for a while and then they move on. And so I haven't gone there with the, uh, with the leaders I've been talking to because I want, I want to just feel their pain with them uh, right. for a while. But my hope is that over time, 
and hopefully maybe by what we're talking about in the next couple of pods here about organizational loss, maybe they'll find their way to a place where they realize, okay, that was a season. It was a great season. Yeah. Um, But they've moved on and I'm ready to, to move forward. Right. uh, And I think just what you're saying there, your perspective because of, of your tenure in, in ministry and in life, there's no, there's no apple tree that goes, Oh, here comes the pruner. It's going to be a great day. You know, it, it, the, the fruit's going to be so much better because of this painful process I'm about to go through. Nobody says that. It's just later on you realize what God was doing, that everything was okay, that, that you know, I, I wouldn't change the hardest seasons of ministry for me now, you know, 10 years, five years, right. 20 years later, because you realize what God's actually doing in your heart and the fruit that's being produced, even in those you serve, is greater than the cost you're currently paying for the pruning. So I, I don't mean to say people are dead branches and God gets rid of them. I'm just saying there are seasons where people come, there are seasons where people go, and it won't be sometimes for many, many months, many years before we realize that was actually, I'll, I'll be darned, God was working all things together right. for my good. And uh, somebody should write that down. That seems like an important yeah. truth. That, yeah, we that, should would all be a, that would be a good idea, wouldn't it? That would be a good one, yeah. So <laughs> tell us, you talk about the you know, grief baselines and just, I mean, I would say most people say, well, I'm not grieving. I'm just, you know, I'm sad. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm, but they don't realize what they're actually going through is a process that's right. fairly predictable. So yeah. in your experience, what would have been kind of the, like if we were to do some self-analysis and I go, Hey, that's me. What would be some of the things we should be looking for to see if we're actually suffering from this? Um, so the, I think before we kind of jump into those, just a thought, uh, kind of like a precursor to that yeah. is um, I, I, I feel like um, grief is shrouded in mystery hmm. in many, in many ways. And we've uh, gotten more comfortable talking about personal loss. Uh, you know, somebody we love, they, they die. Yeah. Um, we cry, we have sadness. We go through this series of, uh, weeks and months and sometimes years of uh, grieving that loss. But I don't know that we have talked much about organizational loss, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and because we haven't talked about it much, um, pastors don't know what to do with it. So um, some deflect their grief yeah. by saying, I feel the loss, but you know, John, other people have it a lot worse than I do. <laughs> So I really have nothing to complain about. And, you know, I really appreciate that sen- sentiment, but a loss is a loss. Yeah. And grief is a, is a proper response to the loss. So when we, when we think about baselines, what I, what I really think about here, these are some like, Jim, these are some thoughts about organizational loss that I think we have to grapple with before we think about what are some stages, you know, that I can expect right. to go through. So should we go ahead and start? We've got five. Yeah, Yeah, good. Okay, so here's the first one. There are good ways to grieve and there are bad ways to grieve. Yeah. Um, The grief process is different for for almost everybody. It's unique. Yeah, yeah, you're really, that's a good word for it. It's unique. Um, And we've observed, I'm sure as a pastor for so many years, Jim, you've observed people who have walked through this process and done it in a way that was healthier than others who might not have. I mean, am I putting words in your mouth there? Absolutely. I I know guys that kick a dog three years after what broke their heart and they have no idea how they got there. 
Yeah. And I have people that stand in the checkout line and see their, 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 you know, uh, son who passed away in a car accident's favorite candy bar and just begin to weep. Yeah. And, and, the, and the guy that sees the candy bar and lets himself cry in line at the grocery store is, is a lot healthier. He knows what he's grieving. He knows mm-hmm. where those emotions are coming from. He's, he's actually connecting with his son by missing him yeah. versus the person that says, ah, you know, I man up and then ends up kicking a dog and punching a hole through the wall and alienating his friends through anger and has no idea what he's even angry about. Right. And I think as a leader, sometimes we, you know, when somebody leaves our church or a group of people leave our church, yeah. there's a proper way to grieve that. And then there's an improper way to grieve that. I, again, we talk about that in putting the good and goodbye, uh, that, you know, one of the improper ways is to, is to clench onto them, to grab tightly yeah. and, and, and characterize their departure, our loss as a betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the big problems with that is, John, is that if, if you have to, if only bad people no longer attend our church, only you were such a good church that only bad people would leave. And that is the, that's the known ethos, whether it's publicly said or, or just, you know, privately known, then the people that leave actually have to have a reason why you're bad yeah. so that they can, t- it was the right thing to do to leave because that church or that leader or those people, it's, it's very sick. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. it gets so twisted so quickly. I've never seen a third grade teacher be upset when her students graduated to fourth grade. Right. Because that, that was her expectations for a season. I will serve you. And, and I recognize there's an expiration date on, on that season. Yeah. And it's, it's actually sad if people don't progress. Right. So that's, so that's, yeah, you just kind of frame that a, a healthy way to look at this. Um, here's another one, Jim, another baseline. I think it's important for us to understand those who are listening to understand is that wrestling with loss openly and honestly actually increases your chances of coming through the loss or through that process, a stronger, deeper and more compassionate leader. Yeah, what do you think about that one? Yeah. And I think that goes back to the, the guy, you know, true story of the man who lost his son in a motorcycle accident, sees his son's favorite candy bar and then begins to cry. And by the way, this guy was almost seven foot tall. He had a ponytail down to the middle of his back and he was a biker. He said, when an accountant cries in a grocery store, people, you know, think, well, he must be having a bad day. So when a giant biker cries in a grocery store, people start leaving and going for their cars, you know? So he, he was just aware. I, I'm, I'm going to grieve where and when I can't schedule it. I can't make it happen to vent it. It happens when it happens where it happens. And he had just decided to be emotionally healthy. I need to grieve when, when the time comes. Yeah. And, do, and don't you think that he is in a much better position, Jim, Certainly, help other people who are going through loss. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, and I think too, by being being open, there was that time where, hey man, you okay? And he got to talk about his son. He got to yeah. talk about his grief. He got to share that story with a stranger in a grocery store, with his pastor on a walk, whatever it was. But his name's Dan. Dan. Dan uh, will carry to the day he dies the loss of his son. But it's not a it's not a painful thing anymore. It's not. It's a part of him. It's mm-hmm. not. You know, I got beat up in kindergarten but I don't carry that every day, but it is a part of me. That's right. It happened a long time ago. It's a part of me, but it's not a daily trauma. I live over and over again. And I think that's what we're doing. We're postponing trauma. And by doing so, we carry trauma, unresolved trauma right. with us day after day after day. And I tell you, the next thing that will happen is if people become dangerous to you, dangerous to your heart, dangerous to your ministry, all of a sudden you'll find yourself polarizing away from the people God sent you to serve. Right. 
And I mean, you were probably taught as I was early on, don't get close to the people you pastor. Right. It's, it's fraternization. It's, and it just, I think that was a, that was a, oh, an unhealthy way to deal with the reality of what we're talking about. Yeah. Not only unhealthy. I mean, I understand the, I understand the, the thought behind that. Uh, usually people who have, who are saying that's something you should avoid is having any friends in the organization you lead have probably had some bad experiences. Yes. Yeah. With it, but it's not biblical. You know, the apostle Paul talked about his dear friends uh, several yeah. times. And he listed them by name in his letters yeah. to the Romans and other, uh, other yeah. of his letters. Um, so yeah, this, the second one, the second baseline is all about, look, if I can navigate this loss in a healthy way, I'm going to come out of this stronger, a better, more, more able to feel the pain of other people. Yeah. See, if I'm, Jim, if I'm always deflecting pain in my life, if I'm never really engaging the process, um, I'm, going to, I'm not going to have patience for people who are going through that process. Yeah. Um, one thing loss has done for me is it's allowed me to be able to feel the pain of other people and be okay sitting in that pain with them for a while, not forever, but yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, here's the third one, uh, third baseline. There are fairly predictable stages of grief. And in the next pod, yeah. uh, we're going to unpack those. But I wanted to share that because when you have suffered this loss organizationally, it's almost like you're upside down and it's and, and you wonder what's coming next what's going to happen and you feel somewhat out of control you feel like is my life over am I, is everything falling apart the yeah. good news is is that when you suffer loss you can anticipate some predictable stages right. that will be out in the future and uh and that just knowing that i think helps you yeah, I, you know, I, I compare it to Lamaze, you know, I don't know, Lamaze class for giving birth. I, I, you ask a woman, so do you took the class, so it didn't hurt? Like, well, no, it, it hurt. I missed childbirth, but I, but I knew it was coming. I knew what to expect. I knew how much longer to expect it. And I think, I think that's knowing those stages of grief on our next podcast. Yeah. People are in the, the pains of childbirth, if you will. You know, we're going to teach you how to breathe. And we're going to tell you where you're at in the process and yeah. what happens when you dilate to a 10 and you know, two men talking about childbirth intelligently. This should be interesting. Yes. I'd listen to this podcast if for no other reason, just to see if we get it right. You know? I'm sure our women listeners will be impressed with our, with our uh, <laughs> insightful conversation about this. I got, I got a quick, really quick story, and then we'll get yeah. on to these uh, last two here, Jim. Uh, uh, yeah, when our first uh, guy was born, we went through Lamaze classes, and, and I remember Laura had a 16-hour labor with and I remember thinking in my head, this is not like it was in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> I did not anticipate this. Um, so let's real quickly, because we're buttoned up against our time yeah. here, Jim. Um, here's, a, here's a fourth baseline. There is no way to speed up the grief process. Right. We just can't. Can, can I add to that and say, and any attempt to speed it up probably slows it down? I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, I can't, you know, I can't uh, add more power to the process here. It's, it's, it is something I just walk through and it's step by step. I can't make it go faster, even though I want to make it go faster. I've lost both my parents. Yeah. So I've walked through that loss two times. And I thought the second time it would be easier. 
it wasn't any easier. It was, it was very similar to the first uh, stretch of grief I felt over the loss of my mom. Um, and then Jim, one more, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, and this is really good news. Grief that you feel today is proof that you love the people you don't see anymore. Yeah. Grief is actually proof that you loved, yeah. that you cared. And so grief isn't the enemy here. Um, right. Actually, uh, I've, my brother who, uh, one of my brothers who's a real expert in this area of grief says that the, the healing is in the grieving. Mm. And I really think that's so insightful. So, so Jim, these are these five are kind of like just the foundation of talking about organizational loss. So in the next pod, uh, I would like us to really unpack these eight stages of grief. Yeah. I, I remember it was probably three or four years ago, maybe more, longer than that. I called you. I was working a side job landscaping I remember. in the fall. And I said, hey, you know, I'm, I've gone through this. And when I, when I look for someone to help me through this or a, a resource, a podcast, anything, I couldn't find anybody that really addressed what I was going through when, when people left my church, how hard that was for me personally. The temptations to quit, to be discouraged, to, be, to distance myself from people um, because I didn't want to get hurt by them. Um, you know, how, what it did to my marriage, what it did to my family, because, you know, dad's here, but he's not here. See, where is dad? What's going on? Mm. And so we talked about that. And out of that, we produced that resource called putting the good in goodbye. Right. And I, I, I would suggest this. I, I don't profit from this, the, the cost of printing, you don't profit from this. This literally is something that we're, we just want to help people and give them some reference and framework. How do we go about getting a copy of that book? Very easy. Very easy, Jim. Just go to convergecoach.com and click on the shop link and it will take you to all of our resources and putting the good and goodbye will be listed right there. Yeah. Very simple book, but it was cathartic for me. It was helpful for me. And I know for you as well, Yes. but we've been through this. This is not, you know what I mean? Like you said, you, you've been through things and that gives you some wisdom to speak from to others. We've both been through organizational loss many times. And yes questioned our calling, our anointing, our everything. And when you come out the other side, you've learned some stuff. So we would love it if you would benefit, our listeners would benefit from like, like please make the hell we went through worth it by <laughs> helping us to help you through what you're going through. So anyway, thanks John for your wisdom and all the thought and care you put into these things. It is, it is so important for all of us to go through these things together. And thank you for being a leader who serves, uh, you know, your listeners well. So. Uh, in the meantime, we are praying for you in this, in this season. We know that, that God is able to work all things together for the good of those who love him, which you do, called according to his purposes, which you are. So don't doubt that. We're behind you. We're cheering for you, rooting for you as you continue to lead from a life.